hello and welcome to I'm on my period piece recording late again this week wow topsy-turf um this week we watched the virgin suicides 1999 film by Sofia Coppola was this her first feature film um probably yeah I think so we're gonna go with that until we're told otherwise um but until we start talking about that uh, or before we start talking about that let's sync up bitch please what have you been up to thank you for asking um and now I can't like super remember oh I went to a wedding yeah you um, did yeah mm, pardon me <laughs> went to a wedding beautiful wedding yeah very fun at the oasis yeah at the oasis yeah. I've still never been and there the sun was setting during the wedding <laughs> Uh, sunset wedding. Yeah. Uh, I had a margarita in hand. Love that. Just like very blissful little moam. When people know to give their guests drinks for the ceremony, I'm like, this is, this is an experienced wedding attendee. That feels like a new development in wedding technology. And it's a good one. I would say. I would say a breakthrough development. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, man... You know what's boring sometimes is ceremonies. I mean, not that this one would have been. No, no, but, no, but... but I sometimes think, they are. And you but know, also, it, like, people were loosened up. They were whooping. Yeah. They were hollering. Yeah. You know, it makes for a more fun. festive environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, if I could change one thing about uh-huh. the wedding, it would be that I wish everyone was a little sauced yeah. during the ceremony. I think that would have been... Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought about I doing was. that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was. But I wish that I had been. (laughs) Oh, good for you. Um, What have I been up to? I mean, that's that's the real, real thrust of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you? You did some like cleaning, and you you made some really good banana bread, Mm -hmm. which was my favorite. That was the first thing I had this morning. Do you have more of that? I sure do. Oh yeah, and I got those chocolate chips. I bet you microwave those together. The cousin, that's probably good eating. That's why I asked you for the recipe too, because we have like we somehow ended up with way too many bananas this week. I don't know how it happened, and they are browning at such a clip. Do it on purpose. I do it on purpose. I buy the bunch of bananas, and I'm like, I'll eat one or two for my health. <laughs> Uh-oh. And I need then, to oh, go ahead and make myself oh some no. banana bread. I have so many left, and they all need to be turned into banana bread. I kind of want to start putting, like, berries in it, like raspberries. I bet that'd be good. I bet it would be, too. Or just, Damn. like, make a raspberry compote, you know, mm-hmm. to throw onto it. I love banana bread. It's so good. Can't get enough of this stuff. Honestly, I really love to make it, too. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, like, we had Taylor over to watch wrestling. Wrestling, yeah. And I was just telling Craig, I really enjoyed I did, like, parallel play. Like, they were watching wrestling, and I was like, cool, y'all, if I sit out here on the laptop and work. Yeah. And it was a good vibe. I, it's like that library effect where you have, like, other people in the room with you, so it's like... Yeah, part of me is like, I should just, like, lean into that with the Sunday scaries and be like, anybody yeah. want to come over get a jump on the week? Yeah. And yeah. maybe we can, like, eat a baked good. Yeah. Maybe we can, like make like something like banana bread is perfect because it has to bake for like kind of a long time like yeah. 45 minutes to 40, an hour right yeah. so like make the batter put it in the oven and we have until that comes out of the oven to work and then we're turning our computers off for a little I while. mean that's a good amount yeah. for extracurricular work like yeah. okay you were doing 45 minutes to an hour yeah and that's and it and then that's it and you get way more done in that time because nobody blowing your slack up you know what I'm I mean I'm saying all the time. So much. It's just... I love Slack, though. I feel like I'm... Most I'm, of the time, it's me. It's, yeah, I was going to say... Well, yeah. I, but I think of those as church and state. I'm like, well, the, there's no urgency behind me replying to Lindsay. Right. But, um, <laughs> yes, <now>, there is. <laughs> I, I felt that there was, like, a finger gun coming from my forehead. <laughs> Reply. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's really it for me. Yeah. That's I had I sort of a different going. kind of a weekend. Yours was different, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was different. I went to Girl Scout camp with my oldest, and um, the first night, I think all of us got mm, five hours of sleep, maybe Fantastic. six. One of the kids was like, I can't, I can't go to sleep. I, I just can't. And we were all like, girl, you're eight years old. <laughs> quit playing like figure it out some there were there was one little girl that was like you know having a bit of a hard time going to sleep but she was like I I didn't think she was like sort of playing for attention Mm -hmm. like this other one was and so all these moms we were all just like okay well um you know you could just simply try to be quiet and lay there that's an option and she was like I don't want to do that it's like we can't all go to sleep until you go to sleep um and also those like camp bunk beds can just eat my shorts. That absolutely oh, miserable man. experience. So were you top or bottom bunk? I was bottom bunk. So we were there were only three moms in our room and at this camp there was like one bunk bed and then like two single beds. Mm-hmm. And I went ahead and just grabbed the bottom bunk. I was the first person in the room, but I was like, you know, I think it'll be like nice. It'll be like a little darkness. Mm-hmm. Um actually not very pleasant. Kind of claustrophobic I would say. Yeah, I do not like the idea of it. One iota. I actually also charged my Kindle. I never use that thing, but I was like, I can't just like watch TikToks like I usually do um, in a room with two other moms. Like my screen just like bl- like bright, bright, bright in that yeah. room. So I like frantically re-downloaded the Allison Weir um, Elizabeth the First biography. Okay, that was a good call. Yeah, it's very interesting um, so far. But I'm like, God, I I actually like reading on a Kindle. I forget. Yeah, it it's is a really pleasant nice. experience. It's a good time, like bedtime thing. Yeah. So maybe I'll start doing that and become wonderful. I read all of Milk Fed on a Kindle in Europe. You did. Yeah. That title really grossed me out. Yeah, you know, there's like, uh, I liked it, but it's a kind of kind of an odd book. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I like odd. I think you knowing how much you liked Bunny, I think you would like Loved Milk Bunny. Fed. Mona Awad got her fourth book coming this year in September. I'm you ready. You are in the hive for her. I follow her on Instagram. And in every account, she's like, I'm so excited. Or every post, she's like, mm. I'm so excited, Bunny. My new book is coming out. Or whatever. That's pretty cute. It's very cute. She, like, keeps that up. Take a look at that. Man. I love when people keep a shtick up, you know? Yeah. Her handle is Miss Red. But it's like M-I-S-S-S Red. Um, oh, okay. R-E-A-D. Anyways. Um, but yeah, you were out there. I was the, out there. In the wilderness. Yeah. Um, it was like the food at this campsite. You know, I don't know what I expected from a Girl Scout <laughs> camp. <laughs> but like they they sort of have like a very minimal staff. Like they kept stressing, we are hiring. If you know anyone who is 18 years or older and would oh, like to be no. a Girl Scout camp counselor this summer. Um so, like, everybody that we saw at the mess hall, like, working at the mess hall also had another job we saw them at. So, it was like, oh, hey, that's the girl from the horse stables earlier or whatever. Also, this is really cute. At Girl Scout camps, like, the Girl Scouts or, like, the, the leaders all do this, too. You come up with, like, a camp name for yourself. And so, like, like one of the girls was like, hi, I'm Daisy. And the other one was like, hi, I'm Spike. And then the one was like, I'm Spain. Those were like the That's three cute. the three names of the people at like the horse stables. Oh my gosh. And the girls like got their lives at the horse. That was like the best part of the weekend. Very cute horses out there. And I'm not even a horse person, but wow, what special animals they are. They really are. They've been such a good partner to humanity. They really, so this was so interesting. This woman was like, um, they are prey animals Mm -hmm. um and that's why their eyes are like set like this so apparently aside from like 
the space between their eyes, they can see 360 degrees. They can see their own tail. Wow. And it's because they are like an ideal animal of prey. Um, All they've got going for them is that they're fast and kind of strong, but like they are, they're not um, aggressors, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and she was like, humans are predator animals. So it's really something special that a prey animal has come to trust humans enough to like let us ride on it. And to, like, wow. partner with us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really special. I was like, oh, okay, I love this for them. This I is, mean, like, a formative so memory. stinky. They are so stinky. But they are sweet animals. They are very sweet. Yeah, there was one that was, like, grazing in a field, and, like, we just went up to the edge of the, um, the fence that was, like, dividing the field he was in and where mm-hmm. we were. And he would, like, pick his little head up and, like, lift it over the fence and let the girls pet it. And then if Aww. it would get too loud, he would, like pull it back and then we'd be like okay so he's we're being too loud girls we got to be quiet and then he would like lift his head back up and put it down are you kidding me it was so sweet um and I got to know like a lot of the other moms in the troop which was really fun like one of them she was like she was like yeah I used to ride horses when I was a kid except that on my 14th birthday I was thrown from a horse and stepped on <gasps> and I was like oh that'll that'll really get you I was like are you are you okay? She was like, yeah, no, I like did take horse lessons after that because my family thought it was important that I not like be afraid forever. But she's like, I, I don't really like ever want to ride a horse again necessarily. And she was like, I've not told my daughter that story, but her daughter was like instinctively kind of scared of the, wow. of the horse. Yeah. We were like epigenetics, man. I'm telling you. Man. Yeah. It was nuts. But um, yeah, it was like, other than that, Wait, why did she have to be around horses? Did she grow up on a farm or something? No, she's like from, from central Texas, but her, it was kind of like when I was driving, yeah, like yeah, when yeah. I got my car and accident, I wanted you to start, start driving, driving right away. Quickly. It was like, they didn't want her to have like a, like a pathological fear of horses okay. that followed okay. her for the rest of her life. Gotcha. You know, just right. kind of like, we're going to do some healing between you and horses <laughs> so that you're not like terrified. Yeah. Which I think is fair. No, I, I mean, um, I support that. Um, but, ooh, scary. Um, anyways, yeah, and then that, so we, I was like, I told Parker while I was gone, it was like Saturday, Parker, you go to bed early so that you are well-rested, because when I get home from Girl Scout camp, I am clocking out. I'm going to go upstairs, take a shower, and take a long, long nap. And he was like, okay, got it, definitely. Saturday mo- or Sunday morning, I text him, and I'm like, hey, how did last night go? And he's like, Marigold has a stomach bug. She was up throwing oh, no. up all night. And I was like, no. <laughs> and um, so, you know, apparently, like, I texted her, her school teacher, her, like, director of her school the other day to tell her, like, she's going to be out. Um, and she was like, oh, crap, that's been going around again. And I was like, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, like, one of our friend's little girls just got sick this afternoon with it. So it's like, God, These stomach kids. bugs. When they, when a stomach bug gets to go in, that's like, it really, it will take every person down. So Tig barfed last night. We were supposed to record last night. Mm-hmm. And Molly came over and hung out with me. and Because th- I was feeling kind of icky myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, t- 20 minutes after Parker left to go meet someone for beers, we heard, like, Tig barfing upstairs, and it was like, ah, yuck. Do, do kids still get lice? They do. My kids have not had it. Um, the director at the preschool that mm-hmm. my youngest goes to did have, like, somebody come in and do, like, a lice treatment for everybody, just, like, preventatively, I think. Like, mm-hmm. spray something in their hair. I don't remember, but she was, like... Just because she had heard horror stories about, like, some friends of hers, I guess, at a different school. Oh, God. It happened to me a few times. A couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know why that was. Like, maybe because we went to, like, a kind of rural kind daycare. Of country school. Kind of a country type of a place. Yeah, um, I and mean, it didn't happen after we... No. Yeah. After we made that move. Like, um, but I had it, like, on Halloween when I was three or four. Because I let some other kid wear my aerial wig for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Foolish. You got bitten for your kindness. I remember this night so... This is probably like one of my earliest memories. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny Cobb was coming over to go trick-or-treating with us um, and to spend the night. And mom, I don't know where dad was. um, Mom was like, wait a minute what is that? And she saw lice in our hair and she's like, okay, well, and she called Jan and Jan had to come and like sit with us. Maybe Jenny wasn't spending the night, but I do remember Jan being there and we were like stripped down sitting on the playroom carpet, just like in our undies. Cause mom was like washing every item of clothing we had in like hot, hot water. And then she had to run to, she had Jan come over so she could go to Walgreens to get like Nick's oh and she had to God. spend the rest of Halloween delousing us. can you believe horrifying do you and Jenny ever talk about this oh yeah we've like joked about it a lot she's like all because you had to let somebody wear that aerial wig I was like I know girl (laughs) (laughs) horrifying it's such a humiliating experience and then the last time I remember having it was I think you know what I think we got it when you were in like first or second grade but we got it from the zoo the Houston zoo yuck and we went no way yeah we went the first Saturday of spring break so it must have been seventh grade because spring break was in sixth grade was when we did that like cruise thing yeah um but yeah dad took us to the zoo mom and dad and you we had to like that's why Simba looks the way that he does because mom put Simba in the washing machine and he got matted real, real, real bad. Because of lice? I thought it was because I barfed on Simba. Could also be that. There, I think, I think he's he went been through to the washing machine. Like I know everybody loves the oral history of how our stuffies got matted. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an important thing to recount. Yeah. To remember the atrocities done to your animals so that you don't do it. No, I know. I've thought about that. Like, I mean, even as, as a kid, I was like, I'm never going to do this to my kid. Like, my youngest doggy is looking real worse for the way but it's like you gotta like when they get that dirty like you know what am I gonna do hand wash this thing like meticulously I don't I don't know I don't know what one does in that situation and like putting it in the dryer with wool balls actually helps because it kind of fluffs it back up again like a pillow so oh, I should do that with those um Christian Siriano blankets because boy they're out of whack <laughs> yeah you should those things I forgot we had one that is one of my most favorite purchases of all time Craig and I use them they're that's what I slept under today yeah. I, so I stayed home today with my oldest because she had that stomach bug and I was like taking naps on the couch all day while she watched Good like history kid content. <laughs> like that show I was talking about, you know, those books that um, I was asking about that are like, who is Amelia Earhart? Yeah, who is Mahatma Gandhi? And it's like a big, big head and like a tiny body. I hate those damn books. They're so creepy. You can get them at Target. Um, so there's a show, it's called like the Who Was Show or whatever. And it's got Andy Daly as like, the like hapless boss like slash editor at this the like production company staffed by like teens who are making this show sure and they do like little skits and bits and what have you but you know it's one of those things where it's like the idea is just to give kids like some kind of fuzzy familiarity and like maybe one or two factoids to stick their hat on but with Marie Antoinette I was like I deeply object to this portrayal of her no, as did a they run bimbo. that whole hat thing yeah like that she was being ditzy and like shallow and whatever and I was like don't 
lie on my girl like Leave that. Leave her alone. Leave I her am alone. such a filthy apologist for Marie Antoinette. I just, like, you and I, yeah, yeah I like, texted you from Versailles. Yeah, I was like, she did nothing, nothing wrong. <laughs> and you're like, they hated her because she was pretty and because she was popular, and that's all that is. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Like, her husband was such a weirdo, unfortunately. Definitely a weirdo, but, like, she had nothing to do with that. That was not her Leave fault. Her alone. Yeah, definitely. Mob Which, mentality. Honestly, a good segue, because the only other person who seems to get it is Sofia Coppola. I'm saying. And she got booed for it, but she bravely said what needed to be said in the film. <laughs> She's a provocateur, and I love her for it. God, I and do she, love she her. She nabbed a French guy, so clearly someone agreed. I'm saying, yeah. So she, this was, I looked, this was her first movie, The Virgin Suicides. What a damn start. Yeah, that's a splashy beginning you, to your career. As I frequently refer to, there was a tweet that I retweeted ages ago that was like, my cinema priorities. Number one, mood. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, vibes. Yeah. Possibly 1A, possibly flippable with one three character 51 yeah something to say 289 oh plot. yeah like I don't care about plot I would prefer that you not have something to say right and I just movie. kind of want to I want to be soaked in it and this movie it's like god it is so vibey yeah honestly I think that's why you and I like tar so much too. agreed god I love tar because it's mostly vibe yeah there's like there have been there's been a lot of discourse as you might imagine I don't care let me say something because I I have yet to lick my finger and put it in the air on this I don't care what 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 the little like what what our angle is today girls it was a great movie it was a great performance she deserves the Oscar I'll be perfectly happy if Michelle Yeoh gets it right but it's kind of Kate's Oscar. I, that's, I agree. But the, the people on Twitter are intentionally misunderstanding the final scene. And of Tar? Yeah, and they're like, this is racist because it's implying that the worst thing that could happen to her oh is... Oh my that, god. And it, people are Get like, no, real. what he's saying is that in her mind, the worst thing that could happen to her is this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, and also, there, there was something about like... I felt that the the note it ended on the seriousness the seriousness with which she approached this game yeah. indicated that like she thought of this as like her way to get back in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't feel like that was like a hateful ending. It was definitely bizarre. Like I was like, what? Oh, the-? I mean, it's hilarious. It was it's like one of the funniest not what endings. I was expecting. Yeah, but I was like. It's, like, jarring how funny it was after, yeah. like, everything that leads up to it. Oh, my God. What a damn movie. Man. I love it. I just don't... I don't know. I can relate to a lot of perspectives, but not all. <laughs> not everyone's. <laughs> not everybody. Um, and if you're being a hater about Tar, I just really can't quite get inside I'm just your head really on that one. not really getting there. I wonder how this movie was... Ex- okay, so it says the low-budget film drew praise from critics. I was like, how was it received? Um, the, Warmly, I feel. But yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, there, I saw some review that was like, for someone to be this glib with this subject matter, it makes you wonder if they're like sick. Oh, come on. And it's like, girly, there's been dark humor quite a lot. Yeah. And things. Yeah. Honestly, you know what? This movie feels, you, you probably still have not seen Dogtooth. Uh-uh. Um, kind of a similar v- like vibe a little bit and that it was like a very dark subject matter like this guy has basically 
trying to think of how to describe it, like made it impossible for his kids to integrate into the world. Oh, it's the Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Yeah. He's like taught them all the wrong words for things and Mm. like all sorts of like weird stuff. But it is still kind of a vibey movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She's really, she was really a a trailblazer for, ooh, yikes. But yeah, I'm not mad. Yeah. You know, so I was texting you, like live texting you the whole time as I was watching this movie and I was dyeing my hair. And I was like, the first couple scenes, I was like, why do I not watch this every couple of years? Like, as a comfort yeah. rewatch. And then when it got to the the first death, Cecilia's death, I was like, oh, because it's depressing. But then well, it's like, honestly. impaled, too. Is yeah, so it's gnarly. so gnarly. Oh, it's so gnarly. But then after that, there's, like, whole swaths of the movie that are not Suicides. That. There's it's hardly like, any. And you don't really see much of the other the other girls doing their thing. Um, so, yeah, basically the plot of it is that there are five daughters in this family. Um, and the parents are very, like, I would say hyper-religious and kind of, like, controlling. Deeply Catholic. Deeply, deeply Catholic. Um, and it's uh, the daughter's age, range and age from 13 to 17. So it's like there's they're one year apart. Mm-hmm. Whew. She stayed booked and busy. Get Kathleen off of her. Turner. Leave her alone. Kathleen Turner and James Woods. What? He a could never. Strange combo. He on could screen. never in the real world. No, he not could ever, never. Not ever, not once. Although I, I say this with deep affection in my heart. Um, she's not been aging well. Well, you know, she had fun. She had fun getting there. <laughs> she was the most smoker. <laughs> and and now she's you know <laughs> and, and Presio for that <laughs> and it shows a little bit um, um but i still think she's fine no doubt. i'm sure james woods has not aged well either no, and he's not, like I'm a hateful really old kook so keeping tabs on him yeah um, um the main the main daughter in this is kirsten dunst i could have sworn i was telling craig i was like oh i bet she was like 20 when this was filmed no she was 16 yeah yeah and apparently um oh shoot i got that book let me get it um uh, I got a copy of All the Lives I Want. Let me pause and go get that real quick. Okay. Okay, sorry. I had to go get this book because I reread the chapter about the Lisbon sisters um, in it. Um, and the book is uh, All the Lives I Want by Alana Massey. Um, we read it for book club, like, I think in 2016 or 17. Yeah, And I like loved that. it. Um, but she talks about how, like, she read some story in a magazine at the time the movie came out about how Sofia Coppola, like ask Josh Hartnett to ask Kirsten Dunst to go to prom um, because she was like, let me just hook this up. And like he did. And then Kirsten like turned it. She ended up not going to her prom because Mm. she was like, I don't know if that was like when the movie premiered or whatever. And she was like, I was so bummed for her. Like that, mm-hmm. that was like the overarching story that I had in my, my head about this movie. Um, but I also remember, like I've seen Kirsten Dunst talk about how I get the impression that they have kind of like a, uh, like they watch out for each other in the industry kind of relationship. Well, yeah, they've worked together like yeah. a fair amount. Like Sophia has kind of been like a, a nice like guiding force. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said like, something along the lines of like she made me feel so safe on set mm-hmm. and I also felt that she like takes girls stories seriously because mm-hmm. I feel like in this movie it's like the story of these sisters told through the voices of grown men looking back on their boyhood yeah of fascination with this family and it, like, seems to take teenage girls seriously, I feel like. Well, that was a bit of a hijacking on her part, actually. Really? Because, yeah, I mean, um, Jeffrey Eugenides, is, like, one of the few notes that he had for this movie was that he had imagined that 
the sisters are kind of thought of by the boys as like one interchangeable unit. Yeah. So he was like, I would have hired multiple different actors to play each role so you don't get a sense of them because the boys don't really know them. Interesting. Whereas she kind of took it and was like, eh, I want to show them a little more. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they, it is very much from the boys' perspective. Mm hmm. But you get like little peeks. Yeah, behind, the, behind curtain. the curtains. Not a lot though. They keep it pretty mysterious. Yeah, about what goes on in that house, and like Lux is kind of the only one you really like know, which is Kirsten Dunst's character. The other sisters, other than Cecilia, who dies at the beginning, I don't think I know the order of any of them. Such pretty girls though. Yeah, and they all had this like the aesthetic of this movie is so like it feels very like naturalistic. Like these girls aren't wearing like a ton of makeup. It just looks very like kind of innocent and sweet in some ways. Oh, I mean, which, it kicked off the real entire Fimsel aesthetic. Yeah. Tumblr uh, owes this movie checks. Everything. Checks. Autumn yeah. to Wild, I feel, owes this movie I quite agree. a lot. I agree. Um, yeah. Wow. It is so... The aesthetic of this is absolutely perfect. Like, the girls, like, their, their hair is just, like, very simple. There's nothing, like, special going on in their clothes. I will say... At one point, Kirsten Dunst's character runs out in, like, a fashion nighty, and I have been on the hunt for something like it since it, then, girl. and I cannot find anything like it on the internet. I will. I keep, guess I have to find vintage, but... Ugh. You probably will. I'm going to keep an eye out for you on that, and then I'm going to show you Winston Churchill's pajamas in Darkest Hour, and you just tell me if you see something like that. Sounds good. We'll be, we'll we'll help be each looking other out for each other. Fashion sleepwear. Um, so, yeah, the, the plot is basically, like, that the youngest daughter in this family commits suicide, um... And she seems to be, like, kind of troubled. She has, like, an unsuccessful attempt at first, and then her parents are, like, told by Dr. Danny DeVito that... So brief. So brief that they need to let... He needs... The parents need to let their daughters, like, interact with other people, like, more often. And so they end up throwing a party, and that's when she makes her escape and, like, impales herself. It's really gross. Um... But the boys, looking back from the future, are remarking about how it's like we kept expecting the girls to like miss school or like act out, and we couldn't tell that they were like that they felt anything at all about their sister's death because it was just like such a it's like they have like a wall up, yeah. you know. And they'll show other people like trying to talk to them, and it's very clear that they're like just not interested in it. Yeah. Um, but they like are constantly hanging out with each other and talking to each other, and like it's like they have their own language and stuff. Mm-hmm. One thing she said in this book that I thought was so fascinating is that in the book, and I noticed it in the movie too, they never refer to them as the Lisbon sisters. Hmm. They refer to them as the Lisbon girls. And so her point is kind of like in every sister relationship, there is like an opacity that can't be understood from people from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, what is it she says? She talks about her sister and her too. Um, and she talks about like Greek mythology and clusters of sisters and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but Which is actually, I have one of those tattooed on my arm. Yeah, you do. And that's the Pleiades. Um, but I'm trying to find it. When she there's a there's a thing. Um, I don't know. I'll let you talk while I look for it. Oh, girl, I don't know. Um, <laughs> shit. But yeah, um, the phrase Lisbon girls appears in the book 56 times. Surprisingly, the phrase Lisbon sisters does not appear once. Hmm. 56. 
Um, siblings are the first people we love irrationally. Their faces and behaviors are like funhouse mirror versions of our own, formed into different configurations of the same genetic material, but eerily similar to our own. It is similarity, but not duplication, that renders sisters capable of the envy and co competition for which they are well known. But sisters also share the strange fate of being carriers of their family's genes, but often not of their family's name, particularly in the Catholic family in the 1970s Midwest. Together they inherit the tradition of womanhood that asks them to fold quietly into the family histories of men. They must surrender much of that which bound them to those they first loved so that they contribute to the immortality project of some other name. I think of that phrase all the time. Immortality Ooh. project. Their tenderness toward one another is a function of knowing their finitude as member finitude as members of the unit into which they were born and inside which they first loved. Huh. I think that's so lovely. Anyways, it's um so yeah, she and she also says no sister in her right mind would willingly draw her sisters closer to the call of death alongside her. Sisters want each other to live, but the Lisbon sisters are not in their right minds. I yep. mean, yeah. Yeah. So I mean to me, like, they never really give detail on like when they made the plan, mm -mm. what was happening. Yeah. Oh, so basically, yeah, they go to homecoming. Mm -hmm. Their their dad allows them to go to homecoming with boys. And Trip Fontaine, played by Josh Hartnett. So cute. So that cute. hair is so dumb. And so much confidence. Was, yeah. It was the confidence. Um, he takes Lux and they have sex on the football field. And then when she wakes up in the morning, now how this child slept all night outside in the, on a football field. Um, her parents are like, that is it. We are pulling all of you from school. You are staying home, period. Like you're burning your records. It's over for you. And so it just shows them kind of like being alone at home. Like Yeah, they like like trapped them in the house with nothing, nothing to do um and so the, the neighborhood boys like start calling them and like playing music on the so sweet so sweet on the phone for them to listen to because they don't have any music um and so the girls are like hey we want you to come help us escape like bring your car whatever and that's when they all end themselves in various different ways the boys are like Okay, that, we're gonna, like, that help plan had to work perfectly, though. Yeah, you know, there was like a great chance that Kirsten Dunst would have not been able, right? And that it wouldn't have, like, the timing wouldn't have worked. Oof. They waited until after their parents were asleep. Um, but yeah, so it's like basically. Um, I'm sorry. This is maybe we should put a content warning. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, what I guess the title is you, one would know. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It was just like for it being such a dark subject matter, the movie itself doesn't like. It doesn't feel as heavy as you think it would, you know? Yeah, it doesn't linger on the tragedy of it much. Because yeah. you also just don't get to know them that well. Right. It, it almost treats it like a mystery more than anything. It does, and it also implies a little bit of, like... The first few times I watched it, I always felt like they did it out of spite. Right. Oh, bit. that's yeah. definitely what I think. That's yeah, my read on that, it. and also, like, all right, well, like, Cecilia's gone, so... Yeah, we might as well all go, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. It is um, so sad. Fantastic score. Beautiful Unbelievable. score. Unbelievable. The girls are not doing it like that anymore. Also, Playground Love is the final song. Is like, is that what it's called? Yeah. So vibey. It sounds like a John Bryan song to it me. It does kind of. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about scores, honey. Okay, we did. I forgot to mention that his man name. was carrying yeah. the soundtrack industry. I said I name checked Nicholas Bertel the other day, but I forgot about John Bryan. Well, John Bryan is like he's not doing it as much as he used no. to. No, but boy, that Huckabee soundtrack. 
I loved it. It's a good it. one. Uh, Eternal Sunshine. Beautiful. Oh, I haven't watched yeah. that movie in so long. So sad. So and sad. Honestly, I bet if I watched it now, it made me cry again. No question. No question. Yeah, I was expecting to cry in this movie, and I was honestly so thankful that I didn't. Um, yeah. One thing that really struck me was, like, the set design I was obsessed with. Like, their house feels so lived in and accurate to what it would be like to have a bathroom with five daughters. Yeah. Like, the cosmetics clutter, I was like... Forget about Dead it. Dead ass. You're, you're never going to get ahead of this problem. <laughs> it's it's a five battles in there. Forget it. Just, and, like, there's no happen. rhyme or reason to it. It's just, like, an absolute rat's nest of, like... Yeah, she lingers on those shots, too. She does. Yeah. I loved it. It's so, like... Yeah. The thought of, like, somebody creating a vignette of all of this makeup and skincare and like perfume. I wonder if she works with like a specific set designer. I do too. I was very curious about that because it feels like so, it just is so realistic. It doesn't feel like they're trying to make it look any kind of movie pretty or anything. And, um, man, but the color grading really did rule. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, it, it was just perfect. It's just like such a beautiful movie to look at. Yeah. God. Especially got that creepy part at the end where it's like green. All yeah. over the town. Like, yeah. For a second, I was like, is something wrong with my TV the way Lindsay's used to be? Nope. It is just really that green. I um, haven't seen Lost in Translation in a long time. I think I watched it. I Parker and I watched it the night that we like said I love you for the first time. Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> so I don't remember much about the plot. <laughs> um, but I love Marie Antoinette. And I also need to watch Bling Ring again because I remember thinking that was kind of fun I would like to watch that again. We should do... Do do you just want to do The Beguiled next week then? Yeah, let's do The Beguiled. The Acquitted. And you know what I love about my girl here too is that she makes a 90-minute movie. Okay, right. God, she's directed a lot of Dior commercials. (laughs) Did she do that one that we love, the Miss Dior Cherie? Yes, she did. 2009 (laughs) Miss Dior Cherie, which is somehow rated 5.8 on... Um, IMDb, first of all, we're misogyny. commercials. Yeah, and second of all, misogyny. Because what about that is not giving 10 out of 10 oh, for I you? I she probably did a few music videos. She and oh, Spike yeah. Jones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she did Flaming Lips. Oh, that makes sense. God. She and her husband were on What We Do in the Shadows this last season. If you were cool in the mid-2000s, you will literally always be cool in my mind. You know what I mean? Forever. Sorry. Frozen and Amber. Karen and O, from like you will always be famous. To 2000, yeah, to 2008. Karen O, you will always be famous. <laughs> always. Um, I was thinking about her earlier, and I was like, ain't no one cooler. <laughs> She's so cool. In my mind, Jenny no one Lewis, is cooler. Always cool to me. Always been a cool girl. An A-list celebrity, as far as I'm concerned. Emily Haynes from Metric. That's yeah. a cool girl. Oh my god, Metric. Yeah. The, the absolute stranglehold that had on us. Still. Still does. I still haven't seen Metric. I need to fix that. I feel like I feel like I've seen some more activity from them lately lately. Like uh have they been making music again recently? Probably. If, you know, this is the time to strike girls. The girls of you that were cool that were na- if we're naming you now Indie sleaze. It's your moment. You have you have to act quickly. I <laughs> you promise have to take you advantage this. of this. Because the next wave of nostalgia is going to be like ringtone rap again. You have to act quickly. You've got to get it quick. Oh, but man. We'll probably go right back to fleet foxing after that, too. Uh, stomp clap. I'm not ready. We're for stomp clapping. I bet it's ready for 10 that years again. tops. We're stomp clapping again. I bet it'll be sooner than that, unfortunately. Oh, Karen O dated Spike Jones. Interesting. Okay. Elite taste. I know. <laughs> yeah. She married director Barnaby Clay in 2011. Okay. I don't know who he is. I um, think they have a kid together. Yeah, they do. His name is Django. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. Born in August 2015. So, Tig's age. 
great. Yeah. Anyways, very cool. Um, okay, so yeah, Gen Excellence. We're gonna keep that rolling. Yep. More. I'm assuming she is Gen X, right? Gotta be. Yeah. Sophia Coppola. Um, yeah, she's in her fifties. Yeah, I guess that is. Yeah. So next week, the beguiled. Um, the beguiled. The beguiled. Um, with all the girlies in it. It's oh got yeah. Nicole Kidman. And Kiki. Kirsten Dunst. Who else was in that? Heavy hitters. We'll Colin see. Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Elle Fanning. Yum, yum. A purr, purr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Watch it or don't, but we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.